And we're rolling. Welcome to Funcraft. Again. We're finally at... Yeah, yeah! <laughs> we're finally at production, where cameras roll, as they say the magic happens. Actors act. <laughs> Directors direct. Mm. Cinematographer cinematography. Cinematographize is the term. <laughs> we cinematographize. Could you imagine showing up, like, on set, all full of ego, being like, I'm about to cinematographize this. Right. That's the secret <laughs> film term, like, right after this, like, action, the cinematographer yells, cinematographize. <laughs> and the lights flash on. We gotta do that for our next feature, that's hilarious. <laughs> you, you should just nod every time I do that and be like, I won't call you out on it either, and like if people start acting weird, I'll just be like, what? What's wrong with you guys? You don't say that on other sets? <laughs> Haven't you been on a film set? <laughs> uh. Alright, so yeah, this is, we're going to take it from the first day of when we actually started shooting. So up to this point, you should have literally everything in place. Um, any cast, crew, locations, money, that'll be a big one if you're fortunate enough to come buy some. Um, you should have all your equipment, lights, cameras, you know, 18-wheelers if you got that. <laughs> Anything you need, you should have now. Because things are about to get crazy. For In our circumstance, we shot for seven days. And that was seven days of working. For me, at least, was 21 hours a day. So if you haven't, had, if you haven't gotten everything you need by right now, that's not a good sign. <laughs> And you should have those things. I don't know what to tell you if you're on your first day and you don't have them, other than try and get them. But at this point, you should have everything locked down because it's about to get really crazy. So, yeah. I, yeah. It's like showing up to set and being like, all right, now it's time for our actors. Where do we find this? <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll start like from my end. Even so, first day of shooting, we shot at nighttime. The whole movie takes place at night. We shot intentionally in January, so we'd have the most amount of nighttime. We could start as early as we could and then shoot until, like I mentioned earlier, we had to get everyone home on transit, so we shot till about 1 a.m. So, we shot every day, 5 p.m. to call it 12.30, 1 a.m. And. I know it's production, you want to get to like cameras rolling, but I'll tell you some things that we did before that. So, at least on my end, um, I unfortunately was crafty on this movie as well, which is, you know, just another job to add to the list. So, um, I would wake up at around, call it 8 a.m., start cooking. Uh, we had 15, 20 people every day on set, so you had to make that much food. Uh, if you had to go to the grocery store, get everything you need. Like I said, you should have everything you need, but, you know, started cooking, um, started prepping anything we needed for the day. Uh, if we had a chance, we would, you know, go over any shot lists or anything, which we didn't really have for the movie. But we'd, I'd start cooking, um, call it noon, 1 p.m. Some people started showing up. Uh, hair and makeup got here, you, you know, your actors funneling gradually, you get them, I tried to do it in half hour increments, a little bit more time for the, the ladies because they're, you know, they had a bit more intensive makeup process and the guys were a bit quicker in and out of the makeup chair, uh, so try and get your makeup there early, get people in periodically every half hour, 45 minutes, 
uh, you'll know the characters at this point, what they should look like. Hopefully you've done some makeup tests, so you should know how long they're gonna have to sit in the chair each day. If you only have one makeup artist, which is very likely, if you're lucky, on a micro-budget film, you know, they're gonna be doing all the makeup, so it takes a little while. I'd say she probably was doing makeup three, four, five hours a day before we started shooting. And then during this process, people are funneling in, you're going over your script, rehearsing a little bit here and there, blocking in your mind. Latif, explain blocking. Blocking, I think best practice for blocking, because everyone will do it a little differently. You get all your actors and your crew, camera guy, on uh, the part of the set you're going to shoot on. And then without doing the actual lines and and all that stuff, you get your actors to move. It's like moving chess pieces. Like I recommend moving your actors through the position in the scene. So going from point A to point B, yeah. seeing how it's going to look in the camera, making sure you don't have any equipment in frame or anything like that. Yeah, seeing seeing the actor's movement. It's not actually going and doing all the lines in the scene. That would be like up front, like just a rehearsal. So blocking is really about the movement in the scene. Mm -hmm. So when you block with the actors, you know, talk to them about like, oh, you start by the couch and then you go to the TV and then that's the scene. Yeah. So that's blocking. Yeah, and like at this point you should have at least an idea of it in your head. Like this was my first time directing and I think even at this point you spent so much time with your script. Hopefully you've had a couple rehearsals you know, before now, and if you're doing like a one location thing, odds are that it's somewhere you can gain access to regularly, so hopefully you can do the rehearsals in the physical space that you're going to shoot, in which case you can, you know, plan it out even better, you can kind of imagine where the camera's going to be, you can tell the actors this is what's going to go down, but basically you're giving everyone on set a tutorial on how you're going to shoot the scene, you're going to go from, you're going to start at the couch, you're going to say, hi, I'm Matt, you're going to go to the TV, say, oh my god, what are you guys watching? And then your scene's going to move thusly. So it's just telling everyone how you're going to shoot your scene. So yeah, everyone knows what's going on, no one's in the way of the camera. Hopefully, you know, no boom mic drops in or something, but it happens every now and then, you just reset and do it again. And that's blocking. Yeah, it's important, like, every time you start a new scene, do that process so it becomes routine. Because for your DP, for example, they're going to want to know what the shot is going to look like. And as you're doing blocking, they'll already get an idea of like where the camera should be set up and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Unless the director is like super sure about what he wants. Usually blocking is a good time for the DP and the director to like look at the scene and kind of be like, Hey, what about this and that and blah, blah, blah. So. And especially if you picture movement in a scene where your camera isn't just, you know, on a tripod, static, hit record, wait till it's done stop it you know yeah. if there's any camera movement that'll help out a lot uh and you know hopefully at this point you've like i said you've had your script for a long time you've had your cinematographer hopefully for quite a long time too and you've had those talks so you can both roughly mentally map it out but when it really comes to shooting you're about to roll blocking helps a lot and especially for the actors too you know they've envisioned it in their head and they need to see what you see because you know you are the creative team the director cinematographer whatnot and they need to know how to bring that vision to life and really, like, it only takes five, ten minutes. Blocking isn't the craziest thing. Rehearse it once if you are if you like rehearsal, if your actors like rehearsals, and then, yeah, you're pretty much ready to shoot at that point. Yeah. yeah. I, I recommend, when you're shooting as well, having an AD, a first AD that 
is very thorough with, you know, the the proper setup every time you're about to go into a shoot. So doing the call, like, quiet on set, getting the, the, the second AC to get the slate in the right place and, you know, getting all the all the marks and stuff properly. So, like, keeping an eye on all that stuff is good. So an AD who kind of has that run around and knows how to get everyone together and going for each scene is really important. So if your AD is very meek and kind of like, all right, guys, we're Push over. Shoot. Yeah. You got to talk to them and be like, hey, I need you to really Not control up. this. Yeah. Control the crowd. <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> yeah. And, like, ADs are important as well in, like, you know, for coming from a director and cinematographer standpoint, you can get lost in shooting a scene. Like, you can, you can block it, you can shoot it, and they'll be like, okay, that was cool, but, you know, spur the moment idea. What if we put the camera here and tried that? And you do that a couple times, you know, do, call it three, four, five takes of each setup. And then before you know it, you've been shooting this scene for an hour, hour and a half. And it's the first AD's job to be like, hey man, you know, we only had 20 minutes budgeted for this scene. And if they're really good first AD, at least what I like is they'll come up to you and say, you had 20 minutes for budgeted for this scene. You can keep going if you want, but just know that we got to make up that time somewhere else. And if you have a definitive, we have to be done by this time, like we did with 1 a.m., I guess, and get everyone, getting everyone home. You can't just tack that time on at the end of the day. You know, you take an extra hour for a shot, you got to condense an hour in the day to make your day and uh that's just the way it is and that's one of the ways it's going to start to get really hairy on set is when you fall behind and it's not just a matter of people not knowing their stuff you know sometimes you imagine a scene in your head you get to the set and you're like this doesn't look like what i thought you got to take 10 minutes to figure it out which you know <clears throat> is only 10 minutes but if you're shooting you know 20 setups a day then that's three hours of you just thinking right and then there's you know there's other things where like maybe you start running out of batteries mid-take an actor stumbles on a line you see the boom mic in a shot there you know you shoot a couple takes and you realize there's a little wire hanging that you didn't you can't have there just any little thing it's all going to cost you time so the most you could be prepared up to this point the better and you're going to thank yourself for it like we said earlier at this point you should be prepared and just be prepared at this point. <laughs> yeah, and as a director, when things get tough and and you're losing time on a shot or a scene and you're not quite getting the results you want, it's always good to keep a cool head. Don't freak out. Yeah, because as a director, at that point, you're like, oh, God, we'll never make this. The film's falling apart, and you freak out. Like, everyone around you is going to be like, jeez, like, no faith. Yeah, you really, you, you steer the ship, um, so if you start freaking out, everyone's like, oh my god, he's the boss, he's freaking out, we should probably start freaking out too, <laughs> yeah. but if you're keeping your calm, you're like, yeah, we're losing a bit of time, no big deal, we'll make it up, yeah. like, I'm not, I try to never lie to people, but in that circumstance, if you need to tell a little white lie to keep 15, 20 people from losing their faith in the movie and freaking out, then I think it's pretty acceptable just to say, like, you know... Don't worry, we'll figure it out. Even if you haven't figured it out, just be confident that you can figure it out, you know, 10 minutes later or whatever. Yeah. And in this circumstance, um, say you have a shot that's going, you know, very long and it takes you an extra half hour, you're wondering, where can I get that time back? Choose the scenes that are least important to you and trim them down. So if you had um, 
four different angles for just a simple little hi how are you good how are you sweet let's go to this room scene you wanted to get that from four different angles you were short on time cut that in half only get two because that scene's not that important it's just a little introduction thing having said that don't shoot it like shit you know it still has to be good and passable but again know where to pick your battles for this one know what is your main focus what you need to spend the most time on and what you you know can trim a little if needed yeah when it comes to shooting scenes as well generally everyone will always do a master and then cut into coverage Hmm. which is wide yeah so you have to be realistic about that sometimes though so in the film when we've had scenes in the washroom for example really you can't do a master because it was too small yeah there's no space to shoot a wide shot with everything right no so we like we never really did any masters when we were in the washroom we just did coverage on Mm -hmm. the whole scene and that's how we shot it yeah and it's different like when you're on a built film set you can you know remove a wall and it's like cool now we have our master shot look it's wide we can see everything but when you're shooting in a house it's not like oh you know i really wish we had a wide shot here well, let's just get some sledgehammers and tear down the wall, you know? We can put it back up later, right? Yeah. doesn't quite work like that. So, yeah, know what you're getting into. And if you're on your first micro-budget, you're probably shooting in one location. So you should have a, a pretty good idea of it. And, yeah, so we're jumping ahead quite a bit here. Um, let's go back to, you know, people are in the makeup chair. You're doing a little bit of blocking. You should have your schedule at this point, so you should know which... For this, we'll do this circumstance where you're in one location. And for party stories, which we were. Um, like we knew first day, say we were shooting in, I think we shot in the bathroom first and then we were going into the kitchen. Yeah. So we knew where we could have film gear. We knew, okay, stash it in the front room, living room, bedroom, other bedroom, wherever you can stash gear. We have to have the washroom clear. We have to have the lights set up in there and we have to have the kitchen clear and you know set decked in a way that we wanted. That's the first day. That's good. You have your location set, so you can just move, you know, from one to one. Boom, boom. You don't want like, oh, we're shooting in the in the bathroom now. Just throw everything in the kitchen, and then you finish in the washroom. Go to the kitchen. It's like, oh, this is here. Put it over there. Like, plan this out. Save yourself some time. So yeah, I guess by this point, everyone will have arrived. Um, what conversations do you, Latif, like to have? with the director before you start shooting on the day. So say you show up at 3 p.m. that day, we're shooting at 5. What did we talk about in those two hours? Well, right before we start shooting, like I always like to know what the director, what kind of lens, like he, well, not specifically the lens, but like what the frame size is for the shot he wants. And by knowing that, I can kind of gauge where the light is going to be, for example. Because like we pre-rigged the lights, but there were some scenes where we had to put lights up. So in the kitchen and in the bathroom, a couple of times I had to put a light above the washing, mach- the washing machine or above the cabinet. So if I knew like how high we were looking and stuff like that, I could kind of adjust a little. That's so, also where the tests we did come in handy too. Yeah, because in the washroom we, did, we had like low angles of an actor when he was like looking into the toilet, for example. So we actually saw <laughs> the ceiling. So for like those little things I had to make little adjustments so I, I like to know what the frame is going to be and where we're looking because as a DP you plan all that stuff but when I'm on set I don't have the the day planned out in my head I'm just kind of rolling with like what's directly in front of me and it's really the first AD that's going to guide that yeah so I, I like to know what the director's thinking for the first uh, scene the very first thing we're going to do mm-hmm. yeah 
Okay, sweet. And did you do any preparation on your end before you showed up? Like anything to get into a headspace other than like what we talked about previously? Yeah, I, I actually, I, I went back to a couple movies and I just watched some scenes from it. Like films that I knew had the look that I wanted for this film. So I went to uh, Everybody Wants. I'm gonna, I looked at the scene in the house when everyone was kind of sitting around and the coach was giving them a talker mm-hmm. about something. Great movie if you haven't seen it. Yeah. I, I turned the audio off and I just watched the scene. And I'd pause it at certain spots and kind of look at where the light was coming from and and guess like what they had set up. And once I had that kind of in my head, and, and the more you light, the more you'll be able to gauge what's used on a scene. Even if it's not always right, you, you have an idea. So I would prep by watching scenes from films that felt like the one we were going to make and just kind of estimate like where the light would be for an effect I wanted. The reference movies? Yeah. So when we came on set, I could just kind of dig from my head and be like, yeah, that's kind of what this should look like. And mm-hmm. yeah, those little things. Okay, awesome. So yeah, I guess at this point, we're nearing five o'clock and when we're finally going to roll camera. Um, at this point, everyone's been in, the actors have come, got their hair and makeup. Um, director, cinematographer have talked about what they want it to look like. They're doing some blocking. Um, I like to run it rehearsal style with the actors, maybe just one or two times, like nothing too crazy. Um, I don't like to wear out the actors and like make them use their best takes on rehearsals. So yeah, you've rehearsed, had your blocking, your markers are down. Um, your sound guy <coughs> is going to ask you where he can be closest to the camera where he's not going to be in frame uh you're gonna want to look on the walls to see if you have any shadows of boom mics because that'll you know yeah kind of dispel the illusion of cinema they'll ask you for a frame line in terms of boom so basically they'll drop the boom straight down you say when you can see it in the camera and they'll take it slightly up to where it's at a frame basically they want the boom closest to the actors they can possibly get without the camera seeing it your script supervisor, AD, everyone's on the same page of what we're about to shoot. I guess it's time to start rolling, eh? Yeah. Um, Can you think of anything else? Yeah, for anyone listening that is a boom mob, like a tip is always boom from the darkest part of the room, if you can, to avoid like shadows and stuff, because light's not going to be coming from that side of the room. Mm-hmm. So all the shadow will be cast in your direction. So boom from the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> And then one other thing to look out for is sound packs. So sound packs are usually going to be on the back of your actor's like belt line. And make sure the t-shirt is over top of it. Because if you get to a point in your film where you're watching dailies after you've shot and you see a sound pack, like not the end of the world, but the sound pack has this glowing red light right on the top of it and it just draws your eye into it so cover those sound packs you'll thank yourself takes you know half a second the sound guy should you know do it already but just make sure that you can't see it and you'll thank yourself that's also something you can look for in rehearsal and blocking just keep an eye on the sound pack see if you know they spin or bend over or something and the sound pack is exposed yeah i think it's time to say action eh yeah all the departments should be kind of working and getting their stuff together right before mm-hmm. you start shooting. But I recommend, uh, as a director, just checking in and making sure everyone's good to go before your first take. Usually your AD is going to do that, like, 
all day, but before your first actual scene, it's nice for the director to just be like, hey, how's everything going? And check in with everyone just to make sure everyone's feeling good. Mm-hmm. And then jump in from there. Yeah. And on that note, just going back a little bit, if you've had a production meeting or anything, as the director or producer or anyone, you know, call it higher on the totem pole, if you've had a production meeting, at that meeting, I would recommend just saying a few words of like, hey, I'm really confident in what we're about to do. I love the team we've assembled. Just get, say a little inspirational speech to kind of rep people up. It's not the worst idea to do it on the first day of shooting too, because, you know, it's an exciting thing your first day. You get to set and everyone's amped up. You've been working on this thing for months. It's finally time to shoot it. Like by this point, you should borderline have an erection. It's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, just get everyone together and say, look guys, thank you for being here. You know, this means a lot to, definitely to you, but to everyone else, this is going to be great. You have faith in everyone. You're going to blow it out of the car, out of the park. And even just that little simple gesture, I think makes a big difference in people's hearts. So I definitely recommend that. Yeah. Back to shooting. Okay. Everyone's got makeup, camera, sounds in place. You're rehearsed. Uh, as a director, you're either... You'll have your eye on the actors or on a monitor, whichever you prefer, whichever is best for you. The lighting looks good. What happens now, Latif? You just kind of let the actors go, and then, and even with the camera, you're not really gonna know how the first take feels. Like, just playing with it. For sure, like the I remember the first take of the film. We're in the bathtub, mm-hmm. looking up at the actors, and then after we yelled "cut," I was like, I don't know what the hell happened. <laughs> nothing bad happened. But I don't know if anything good happened. Yeah. It just did. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that that happened. So we did the second take, and I started to notice uh, the framing, and we can adjust this. And yeah, you feel it yeah, out. Yeah, the more you do it, the more you really get into it. But I really think the first take is just more of a... See how it goes. ...test run. Yeah, know, totally. If you're not thinking that. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you've never had any on-set experience at all, the way it goes is um, you'll be ready to roll... The first AD will say, everyone quiet on set, everyone shuts the hell up, turn off your cell phones, any heaters, TVs, anything that can make noise or distract people. And then, yeah, everyone's quiet on set, um, sound guy starts rolling, yeah. says sound speed. The cinematographer will find where the frame looks good in the camera, he'll say frame. Yeah. Then the director comes in, dun da action! Actors start doing their things. Um, so yeah, like Latif said, we started with one scene where we were looking up at two characters. Um, one thing I would change, I mean, it turned out very great um, in the final film, but we started with a scene that we knew we weren't going to do coverage on. We were just going to do the wide. And I think it was like four minutes of straight talking. <laughs> yeah. No movement at all. I would maybe start with something a little simpler next time. Like like I said, it turned out really great, so I can't complain. But just in terms of getting your feet wet as yeah. first-time filmmakers, start off with a bit of an easier scene just to ease yourself into it. So yeah, actors do the whole thing. When you're comfortable that the scene has ended, director yells cut. Um, one thing I didn't do nearly enough on party stories was let the scene end, and if the last sentence is... Good day to you, sir. <laughs> Actor says, good day to you, sir. Give it two seconds on the tail end. Let them react a little bit to each other. Then yell cut. Don't have, good day to you, sir, cut. Like, in the edit, you're going to want that little bit of room sometimes. And it's just a good thing to have. Yeah. Okay, so now you're done your first take. 
what do you do then? Like, as a director, you have a vision in your head of how that scene should look. If the if it was perfect, you don't have any comments. Don't say anything. If there's little tweaks, like say, you know, it didn't look quite as I thought in frame. So let's move one actor a foot to the left. Let's pull back on the camera. Let's tilt the camera up. Anything you need to align it in, align your vision with what's being filmed. Same with performance-wise. If there's a good day to you, sir, line, and he says, good day to you, sir, and you want it more energetic, tell them that. This is your chance to capture it. And since we're not working in animation, this is pretty much the only chance you get. Yeah. Um, make sure it's what you want. Um, you know, you should be pretty well rehearsed at this point and everyone should be along the same page, so it shouldn't take too much fine-tuning, but don't be afraid to say, I picture it more this way, can you do this line a little bit like that, because this is your chance to, and your only chance to execute your vision. Now's the time. And if you don't say those things, you're gonna regret it, and I think you'll end up with a movie that seems void of intent. Yeah. Yeah. I think knowing how to communicate with your actors and this is why rehearsal is important I think with every actor their process is going to be different Yeah. so it's good to ask them how they work and get to know how they like to, to talk and figure out the best way to communicate what you're looking for in a performance with them and like it's it doesn't have to be guesswork because a lot of times directors they don't know how to communicate to an actor about things like that and sometimes the best thing to do is just ask them like hey, what's the best way for me to communicate with you mm-hmm. when, when I'm not getting the performance I want? And then they'll just tell you. So it doesn't became, become this weird chess game with an actor. Because really, you want to be completely open and vulnerable with them so that they can give you the best performance. And that's really what they want to do as well. So yep. it doesn't have to be like this weird mind game between you and the actor. Mm-hmm. And like, there's a lot of a lot of cons to making a micro-budget film in the sense, you know, you don't have any money... Uh, like coming from this one, I was the director. I had to get up every day and cook food for everyone, which by the way, I made a lot of chili. Everyone loved it. I was only going to make it one day, but I'll give you guys that recipe. It's pretty dirt cheap. It'll help you stay on budget and it feeds an army of people, but I'll give you that later. Um, fuck are we talking about? We're talking to actors. Yeah. Uh, so oh, like, no, we're talking about lasers, lasers. No, <laughs> don't mess with me <laughs> uh, yeah there's a lot of cons to making a micro budget feature you know you wish you had more money and, and whatnot. but one of the huge things I find and you should take full advantage of this is at this point you're working with people just like you that want to be up and coming and those up and coming people don't have contracts where they're on Avengers 27 for 6 months and then they ha- you can have them for 3 days before they go to another film you can have a lot of time to have talks with them about how the character should act, what they sound like, what they wear, um, just anything about them. So by the time you get to your set and they start reading these lines, it should be at least pretty damn close to what you have in mind. You know, tweak a thing here or there, but that's you need to use the tiny amount of advantages that you do have as much as you can when you're doing this. So that's one thing um, should benefit you. After your first take, like, I really think you should not stress like too much about it because if you have a pretty decent performance and you're happy with it just go on to the next one and then take your time with actors just like a quick second hey great job guys Mm -hmm. and then go on to the next scene because it's nice to give them that little confidence boost because no one's more vulnerable on set than an actor especially after the first take so let them know you know 
it was all good and then move on to whatever you need to and then I think after the first take that's when it really starts to get going you can start being more objective about what you're seeing yeah I think that's a good lesson just on the film shoot in general um, like tell people they're doing a good job because it's really easy to you know say action cut say what you didn't like about it roll again and like it's totally fine do that fucking you know 25 times in a row but then once you get the scene say okay good job everyone actor a you killed it sound i'm sure it's you know i've been having my headphones on it's sounding good the camera yeah. frame looks awesome just keep giving people little bits of good job because if you don't it's just going to feel like you're constantly picking at people and it's going to chip away at their morale you don't want that right so yeah just be a good guy in that sense yeah, yeah. Um, I think it also depends on the director and like what they prefer to do but I do recommend for some directors when you're making your first film if you have a monitor it's good to see it for, for some parts of the film if, if you're really specific about getting a, a shot looking a certain way but I, I also really recommend if you're able to to just grab a chair and go sit beside the camera like literally sit beside the camera as mm -hmm. the actor is, is doing the performance. And look and, at the actors, and, not a screen. And, yeah, and watch the actors and, and see what they're doing um, right in front of you as well. Because I think when you pay that much attention and really get in there, it shows the actors that you're really like invested and you care. But, but you also see something a little different when you're not focused on the frame and all that stuff. Yeah, Quentin, Quentin Tarantino had a really good quote, which I tried to use in party stories. I looked at the monitor a, a decent amount, but he said he never looks at the monitor. He checks it for framing, and then once he knows the frame's good, he goes right beside the camera, like Latif was saying, and he looks at the actors, because his reasoning is, if he can't feel the intent and the emotion from the actors live in person, it's never going to translate through a screen, which... It's pretty valid. So I think Latif's point of like looking at the actors aside to always looking through a screen is a good thing to at least try out. If not, you know, really try it out quite a bit. Christopher Nolan, I'd be curious to see if you picked up on this. Christopher Nolan also has a thing, uh, I remember reading about where he doesn't sit on set. A lot of directors have their directing chair, they sit, they look in the monitor, and he said that like he prefers not to sit on set because, you know, other people don't get to sit. He doesn't want to appear lazy, he wants to appear very invested in the film which he is you know he's a great filmmaker and he doesn't want to people look and be like oh you're just sitting on your fat ass and you know we're here doing work and i largely did that through party stories i can't remember one scene i directed sitting down yeah unless you know we had no space and i just physically had to kind of squat yeah true um but yeah keeping yourself as invested as everyone else is i think is a very good thing yeah it, well if you're in really good shape <laughs> and and you sit a couple times I think you can get away with it because you don't look like a lazy bastard but if you're like really out of shape <laughs> I don't know I, I maybe think sit it, a yeah, bit stay in shape directors that way you can cheat a little and sit on set <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay so yeah um, at this point you've wrapped your first scene you have the performances you want um, and it's time to move on. The first AD, you should have a little talk with him and just say, you know, how do we do for time? Uh, he'll either say, like, good, you were right on time, you were a little under time, so we have a little bit that we can, you know, put into another shot somewhere else, or he'll say, you know, we really should have done that quicker, we need to make up 20 minutes somewhere in the day. And based on what he says, you just make it happen. If you have extra time, 
awesome. Like, you can't complain about that. If you're on time, same thing. If you don't take a quick look at your first lady's schedule, say, okay, um, we took a little bit of t extra time for this scene, so let's get rid of one camera angle when the car pulls up to the driveway. You know, like a, a simple little scene. And then you'll say, okay, moving on. Everyone packs up their shit, turn off the lights, bring them with you if you need to. In our case, we largely had pre-rig lighting, so we only had to take down, excuse me, a light or two. And then we went to the kitchen next, set everything back up, mm -hmm. do it all over again. Block, rehearse, you know, um, makeup will get in there for little quick touches. And um, at this point, it's pretty much rinse and repeat. Halfway through the day, you're going to want to take a lunch break, um, give the actors some some space to, you know, breathe. Don't say, don't, uh, don't pull what they did on The Shining where it's like, cut, action, cut, action, and stress everyone out. You know, give them 30 seconds, a minute in between takes, talk about what you liked, what you didn't like. Middle of the day, break for lunch. Um, if you're on the, the creative directing cinematography side, like I know Latif and I, we barely ate which is evident if you see party stories okay look at just look me up online and look at a picture of me now and then look at me in the credits of party stories i lost 16 pounds during filming and it's quite evident <laughs> because looking back at it lunchtime would roll around all the actors you know the sound and the call it you know, the worker crew. I know it's insulting and I apologize, but the non-creative, I guess. The teamsters. <laughs> yeah. You know, say, okay, great, you know, we're, we're at lunch, everyone goes and eats food. And then Latif and I would just get together and say, what are we doing for the second half of the day? Go through any shots we needed, um, any ideas for the scenes, get a bread roll, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we just, I remember I would just like put butter on bread. I wouldn't even cut the bread, I just put it on top. It's like those dinner rolls. Yeah. I just put it in that brown crust. That was funny. And then, yeah, we'd spend our whole lunch just talking about it. Yeah. Give everyone, if you can afford the time, um, a half hour-ish, and then say, okay, guys, in, you know, 20 minutes later, say, in 10 minutes, we're going to get back to it. So they finish up their shit. And then by this point, Latif and I would have everything planned out for the next couple of scenes. Um, we give the actors sound quick, quick blocking because we've already went over it in our heads and talked about it. Um, and then same thing, nail down your scene uh, until the end of day. Um, yeah. Do you have any tactics you use to really like get get things going after lunch? Because I know people tend to be a little like yeah lazy. I'll give a couple tips on lunch. Um, the first big one, if I was to say one rule about lunch at any time during any film set, never feed people pizza. <laughs> Couple reasons. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. If you're in the film industry, you've eaten way too much pizza and you're just sick of it. Second reason, when you eat pizza, the first thing you want to do after is take a nap. Yeah. That's bad. You need people to work and quite energetically after lunch. So try and give them something that isn't full of processed food and tons of carbs weighing them down. No turkey dinners or anything like yeah. that. Um, yeah, very... Like, it, it's hard too, especially when you're on a budget, but try and give people literally healthy food that tastes good. It's going to keep them happy because it tastes good. It's going to keep them happy because they're not going to have a huge crash after lunch. Yeah. And it's going to keep them happy because, you know, they're not going to be... Fat, disgusting pigs. <laughs> yeah, the, so the chili was good, mm -hmm. but I also think 
if you're not into chili or you want something light, just to make like very light veggie sandwiches or yeah. salads or like tuna sandwiches and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's really light. You won't take like a big dump after lunch. Yeah. So I, I recommend like very light but filling foods that are healthy because, yeah. you know, getting chips and pizza and all that crap into your, into your crew is not going to benefit you. Weighs you down, yeah. Yeah. Also, side note, just in terms of cooking for people, um, before, we should have said it before this episode, but before you start filming, find out if anyone's allergic to anything or dietary restrictions, because you can't just be feeding people stuff they can't eat. You know, best case scenario, if you do that, someone's like, oh, why'd you put meat in this? I don't eat meat, which, you know, isn't right and you shouldn't do it. Worst case scenario, someone's like... I'm allergic to carrots, and they go into shock, and you have to call an ambulance, and that's really bad, too. So find out what people can eat and can't eat, and then abide by that. It's like the idea of someone going into shock after eating a carrot. <laughs> it can happen, man. My wife's sister is allergic to carrots. I know, but like the thing is, like they see the carrot, like it looks and like they a eat carrot, it anyway. and they're like, what the hell is this weird Cheeto? And then they go into shock. Get off my set. That's horrible. <laughs> okay, so yeah, try and eat as salty as you can. Gives people energy. Yeah. Um, get, get water on set. Make sure everyone's. Yeah, lots of water. Um, the one thing that party stories really lacked actually was coffee, because I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. and it doesn't even enter into my mind to make it because I think it's disgusting, and I don't know why would, anyone would ever drink it. <laughs> so there wasn't a lot of coffee rocking around, and I probably wouldn't recommend that. Get coffee for your crew. Everyone except me on the planet likes it. Yeah, I like coffee. Yeah, you love coffee. Actually, every time I come come over, I always ask if I can make coffee. Yeah. And now I can just make coffee at my house whenever I want. You, you're welcome to my coffee. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's nice to get coffee for your crew in the morning. A lot of them really, like, it just feels nice. It feels better. It feels like you're thinking about them. So mm-hmm. I recommend that. Yeah. So yeah, at this point, lunch is finished. You've shot... The remainder of your scenes, um, is there anything you you can think of before we call a wrap on the day? Um, well, yeah, actually, you know, lunch is a good time as well, just to do any, like, little technical things, offload memory cards. Yes. I, every lunch I would offload the card, and then I'd change batteries and just keep one in the charger, and then plug in, like, any lights that need to be charged or anything. Mm-hmm. So little things like that, just do a little maintenance on your equipment before you jump back onto set. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully you finished all of your scenes that you had planned out for that day. If something happens, which we'll get into more in the next episode because this one's running pretty long. If something happens and you got to cut a scene from that day, odds are you probably have somewhat of a lighter day where you can make that up in the coming, you know, call it six or 10 or 15 days of shooting. Um, so if that happens, don't freak out. You're gonna, you know, need to pencil it in somewhere, but you can make it happen. But you're at the end of your first day. Um, yeah, pat yourself on the shoulder, take the crew aside. Tell, first off, tell everyone they're done for the day, which they'll be quite happy to hear. Um, take everyone aside, say, you know, they did a great job. Let them know how it went. If you missed that scene, tell them, hey, you know, we missed this. No big deal. We'll make it up on day four. And then, yeah, pat yourself on the back because you made it through first day of production. It was probably nerve-wracking and exciting at the same time. But, you know, take a breath. You did a great job. Offload all your memory cards at the end of the day. 
charge everything. If you have gear outside somewhere, um, put the van in a very secure location. Last thing you want is getting ripped off and stolen because that pretty much kills your entire shoot. Um, yeah, you did a great job. Send everyone home at the end of the day. Latif and I would offload everything. We'd try and watch a bit of dailies, but um, by this point it was 3.30, 4 a.m. We've been up since eight. Um, I, uh, so we would say, you know, hey, good job. Talk about any last minute things, anything shooting for the next day, anything that we didn't get on that day that we needed to make up. Um, by that time, Latif would take off and I'd be in bed call it 5, 5.30 a.m. and be up at 8 to start cooking again the next day. Yeah. And anything to add before we cut it here? Uh, get some sleep. I think it's always... It's nice. I don't really know why people watch dailies. I know that doesn't yeah. sound right. Like, I, I get it. Like, people look for mistakes and they want to see if they get something right. But to rewatch your entire day takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, watch a couple shots, go to sleep. If you're not operating on, like, a decent amount of sleep, then you're not going to do well that day. Yeah. I think people underestimate how important sleep is. Yeah. And, like, you're going to be hard-pressed to find sleep doing this, too. So, like, if, if you're at a point where you're like, I can get three hours till tomorrow or stay up watching dailies, just, you know. Take your three hours. Yeah. Make sure the dailies work. Watch a couple clips. Make sure they're there. But go to bed. Yeah. I mean, generally, you feel when it's going right. So yeah. So, dailies are just to really... Really, just to make sure. Yeah, and yeah. Le- unless you have like an assistant editor that's on set watching them the entire time, which would be awesome. We didn't have the luxury of that. Yeah. But yeah, don't kill yourself watching dailies. Yeah. Also, we'll just define dailies real quick. <laughs> dailies. No, just, just get rid of all the dailies. No, don't do that. That's <laughs> bad. That's how you lose your movie. <laughs> Delete your dailies so you don't stress you out. So by the end of the movie, you don't have any dailies to worry about. <laughs> dailies. <laughs> It's your own footage. Any footage you shot that day. So do not take Latif's advice of deleting it all. (laughs) This episode will be called Screw Dailies. (laughs) And then everyone will be like, what? It's so controversial. I must listen to this episode. (laughs) Yeah, at this point, you're done your first day of production. You're off to take your glorious three hours of sleep and be up again to do it all. Um, This production... As far as the podcast goes, probably going to end up being three, maybe four episodes. So we'll hit you with some new and exciting information next episode. Uh, yeah, get that three hours of sleep and uh, we'll be back to conquer another day. All right. All right, see you later, guys. Thanks for listening.